everybody, welcome back. This is episode three of Unbashful. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas Doucette, and this is going to be the first episode that is going to be on YouTube. I know in the previous episodes, I've promised uh, that they were going to be on YouTube, but I had a little bit of complications when it, in regarding to um, the equipment and whatnot, so now I got it. It's all ready to go, and here we are. This episode three will be the first episode that you guys can watch on uh, YouTube and, and so on, so let's get started. Let's not waste any more time. Uh, I think we're in for a great episode uh, here for episode three, and this is going to be more of sort of a personal growth episode. Uh, it's going to be a lot about my trials and tribulations and what I've learned uh, as a young man growing up and some things that I've learned and through mistakes and like I said, uh, different choices I've made in my life. And I feel like a lot of these stories and a lot of these um if you will, topics that I'm going to be talking about, I think will resonate with a lot of people who are probably in um, similar circumstances as, as I once was and, and as I currently am. Uh, so let's get started here. Topic number one, we have stop blaming other people. Now I want to let that sink in for a second. Stop blaming other people. What do I mean by that? A lot of us who are in difficult situations, a lot of us tend to blame other people for that certain situation that we've found ourselves in or that difficult circumstance that we found ourselves in. Maybe we just got uh, laid off or, or maybe um, maybe your ex just uh, broke up with you or, or maybe uh, one of your best friends stopped talking to you. There's all kinds of different problems. Maybe uh, money isn't you know, you're not financially stable right now. Maybe, uh, you know, you're, um, you know, whatever, right? What, whatever kind of difficult situation you're in. I see a lot of people on social media and I myself was a victim of this too. I used to do this all the time. And that's why through my experiences and through self-awareness, I came to the realization that I saw, I got to stop blaming other people for where I'm at in life and for what I'm doing wrong. Uh, and, and that is to me, that has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about is just being self-aware. Once you're self-aware and you're aware of what you can do differently in your life, that is extremely powerful and that is an, that's, an, that's a stepping stone to where you want to change your life and to where you want to go in your life in terms of success and other things like that. So stop blaming other people. I used to do this a lot, right? I used to wonder, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, being very successful and, you know, they're doing all these crazy things and, 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 and I started putting limitations on myself. I started saying like, oh, I got, you know, I can't do it because of this person X, Y, and Z, right? Or, or I, I can't do it. I was always making excuses. And I, a lot of that was, was on the road to this podcast. If you watch my intro episode, I, I discussed how this podcast was something I was really kind of figuring out and, and asking myself if I, if I, if I can do this for the past year. And a lot of those, you know, conversations I have with myself, a lot of the times I was discouraging myself because I kept saying, Oh, you know, this person and this person is good. They're, they're, they're going to make fun of me and so on. And that all just comes back to, you cannot give a fuck about what other people think about you. If you want to pursue something, people are going to make fun of you. People are going to talk shit about you. People are going to say it's cringy and whatnot. 
You have to be laser focused on your craft. You cannot worry about the outside noise and you cannot let that deter you from your journey and from your goal. And uh, But a lot of people, like I said, going back to the topic here, um, a lot of people who want to change their life feel like they can't because of maybe their family, maybe their, uh, I don't know, relationship status, whatever, friend group, whatever, right? A lot of people want to blame other people when in reality, the only person that's going to change their life is them. It's 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 them. Their, their mom's not going to help them. Their dad's not going to help them. Obviously, it's good to have people around you to motivate you. But at the end of the day, if you want to see change in your life, nobody is going to do that for you except for you, right? And that, that's something that I've learned. Because like I was saying, I used to blame everybody and everyone for for me being lazy, for me being uh, just not focused, and for me not having any drive. I used to blame other people for that. And when, when, when in reality, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you say, you better man up, motherfucker. You better get your shit together. And that's all what it comes down to. So, okay, so moving on from stop blaming other people. We got topic number two, and that's going to be you You can either let failures defeat you or use them as an opportunity to build. Now, a lot of successful people that I pay attention to, and I'm sure a lot of people have probably seen this and you know heard things like this. If you want to be successful, you cannot be afraid of failure. If you want to be successful, you almost have to fail, right? And a lot of people let that fear of failing deter them from starting whatever it is they want to do, whether it's what I'm doing right now, a podcaster, whether you want to start making music or whether you want to, excuse me, whether you want to start uh, uh, working in the film industry, kind of like what I want to do as well, or maybe you want to, you know, uh, be a professional athlete. Like a lot of people will not, will, will let that fear of failing hold them back. And I feel like that's so unfortunate because there's a lot of people out there that have untapped potential and they just they just don't know it because they're putting these limitations on themselves. Um, so getting back to the to the point here, when people do fail, when people have reached that point where they've got laid off, they've got fired, they've got rejected by either a girl or or or, or a guy or or a different opportunity in life, a lot of people will let those failures defeat them. Though it'll bring their self conscious down. Uh, self-consciousness, self-consciousness down, excuse me, uh, they'll feel weak, they'll feel like they're beneath other people. You should not let failure make you feel like that. If anything, failure, as I said in the topic here, you should let it, you should use that as an opportunity to build. Because when you fail, even when you win, there's always something you can you can learn from that, especially from failing. So if you, you know, let's say you didn't get the promotion at work. You're self-aware. You look at yourself. Okay, what could I have done different in this situation to inevitably change the outcome and possibly uh, receive that promotion? There's a lot of different ways you can look at failure. I would never look at it as this like defeating, agonizing, the ground is falling beneath me sort of feeling. I would look at it as an opportunity to build yourself to inevitably succeed in what you were trying to accomplish in the first place. Um, so, that's it for that topic. Uh, topic number three. Now, I'm going to use a little movie term here to describe this topic. It's called character development begins with being honest with yourself, 
right? Now, what do I mean by character development? I'm referring to you as a person. I'm referring to your development as a person, your development from being, going from being an adolescent to being, uh, you know, a, a young adult to being a full grown adult who pays taxes and so on and has a mortgage and whatever, right? So your development as a person, your growth, right? So in all of that character development, it begins with being honest with yourself. And this topic kind of goes back to topic number one, but being honest with yourself and being self-aware is absolutely one of the most powerful things uh, that it's one of the most powerful conversations that you can have with yourself. Um, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and he had David, Gog- David Goggins on. If you don't, for those of you who don't know, David Goggins is, uh, is an ex Navy SEAL. He's a motivational speaker. Uh, he's one of my uh, uh, personal uh, people that I, I look up to and I influence. I absolutely love David Goggins. Um, he said in an interview, he said, the most important conversation you will have is with yourself. And that hit me because I've had many great conversations with people. I've had many important conversations. But like I said, at the end of the day, if you want to see change, if you want to change your situation in life, it's going to come with you. You're not going to be competing against other people. It's going to start with you and it's going to end with you. So you need to have a conversation with yourself and you need to be honest with yourself. What am I doing that's holding me back? Am I lazy? Am I, uh, do I have bad habits? You know, um, am I, am I, am I, uh, participating in self-destructive behavior, right? These are important conversations. Is my sleep schedule fucked up? Like these are important conversations you need to have with yourself. If you want to change your life, if you want to see a difference tomorrow, right? So those are, you have to be honest with yourself. If you feel like you, you also have to ask yourself, like, look, am, am I, uh, Am I taking initiative, right? Am am I taking action? Do I feel like I'm working as hard as I potentially can? Am I half-assing what I'm doing right now? These are conversations that you need to have with yourself. Um, So that is topic number three. Moving on, we have topic number four. You'll never reach, this one is very important to me. You'll never reach your potential trying to live somebody else's life. Now, what do I mean by that? Social media has a lot uh, to do with this. Social media manipulation in particular. I've talked about this many times here on the podcast, but a lot of people are being manipulated by um, by social media and they see these big influencers. You know, I'm not going to throw out any names, but I'm sure everybody can probably think of, you know, many off the top of their head. But everybody has people that they love to watch and it's okay to watch these content creators and these YouTubers, but a lot of people get too sucked in and they almost start to try and live their life right through their eyes right they, they try and uh you know act like them and, and whatnot they almost they're like i said they're living somebody else's life right you have to live your own life you have to pave your own path but you're never going to do that if you're trying to be somebody that you aren't if you're trying to live somebody else's life you're never going to you're never going to tap into your potential you're never going to reach your potential if you're always just trying to you know walk out walk out your front door and have this like fake persona that you want everybody that you don't even care about or that doesn't even care about you you want all these people that you don't give a single fuck about to 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 see this identity that you've created and by doing that you're just going to be halting yourself from ever really being successful with your own life at the end of the day so that is it for that topic we are going to move on here 
we got. Topic number five. This is compete with yourself, not others. Okay? Everyone in life, I don't care who you are, everyone in life experiences success at different points in their lives. There's not one size fits all scheme, right? And this is something you need to remind yourself. And I've had to remind myself this many times. I've found myself, you know, lying in my bed, just, you know, thinking like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? I haven't done shit in life. I see all these people, like I said, this is part of the reason, social media. I see all these people, you know, uh, successful, lots of money, lots of cars, you know, uh, any relationship that they want, whatever, whatever. They're living the, the perfect life, I say that in quotations. And something you need to remind yourself is your time will come. Your time may be later than than others or it may be before others, right? But this is your time will come. And as long as you just keep the main thing the main thing, and you stick to your craft and you focus on yourself and what you, in the and what you are trying to pursue everything else will take care of itself but the worst thing that you can do is compare yourself to others because everybody experiences success at different facets and different stages of their life there's a lot of people that haven't become you know successful or or reached their goals till they're like middle age or like in their 50s or something like that there's a lot of people like that and obviously, there are some people that, you know, fortunately, they experience success very early in life. No matter what, your time will come. And that's something you need to be able to remind yourself. You can't, the, comparing yourself to somebody else is pointless because everybody grows up with different, pe- with different people around them. Uh, they grow up in different parts of the world. So, like, all that has something to do with it. So, you can't be sitting here saying, oh, why does he have a, a Lamborghini at age 25 and I don't? You know what I mean? You can't do that. Um, so the one thing that you can do immediately instead of comparing yourself to other people is reflect on your life, reflect on your trials and tribulations, what you've accomplished, what you, what you failed at, what you're currently trying to improve right now and use that as a sort of stepping stone to try and get better tomorrow, right? Use Use the next day as an opportunity to correct and change the mistakes you made today, right? And each day, try and improve on something. It's You're not going to, don't set these massive goals like tomorrow I'm going to, you know, make a million dollars or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Just be mindful and just reflect on your life. Reflect on on past experiences that you can use to improve uh, moving forward, so... All right, so next, we have be patient with yourself. This kind of ties in. I should have honestly included this with topic uh, number five, with compete with yourself, not others. Be patient with yourself is very important. And it's, sound, and, and it's easier said than done for a lot of people because a lot, everybody wants to be successful. I want to be successful. You know, everybody, everybody wants to be successful. But like I said, it comes at a different time for everybody. Like I said, there is no one size fits all. Everybody will do something in their life that will create change and success at a different time than somebody else, right? That's why like it's very easy for us to like compare ourselves to what our friends are doing and, you know, what uh what Jimmy, you know, two doors down is doing whatever. Like 
the the main thing you need to focus on is just you. And like I said, having conversations with yourself. And when I say conversations, I don't literally mean like sit in front of a fucking mirror and like, you know, have one-on-one dialogue with yourself. Like you're, you know, whatever, right? I, I mean, just in terms of think and practice mindfulness and being self-aware and just asking yourself questions of like, you know, like I said, like, what can I do now to improve my life in the future? So being patient with yourself is key. People will experience success earlier in their life while some people will experience success later in their life. A prime example I like to use is Stephen A. Smith. Um, now over the years, I've, I'm not, I've kind of sort of distanced myself from Stephen A.'s content, but I still do have respect for him and admire him because uh, he is very successful in the media realm, the journalist realm of sports, uh, sport media to be a more specific. And he was a beat writer, you know, working for free, uh, you know, volunteering at places. And he really didn't become successful till you know, close to his like 40s, if I'm not mistaken, or if not in his 40s or later. So, you know, you just got to be disciplined and you, you, you have to expect that there's going to be some obstacles along the way. It's never going to be an easy path. And you have to just tell yourself and, and prepare yourself that I am going to probably fail at some point. But through failure and through, you know, rejection and through all these other, you know, obstacles will eventually come opportunity and opportunities to be successful. So, and eventually reading, reaching that mountaintop that you, uh, that you desire so much. So number seven, this is another very important one. Uh, number seven is be curious don't let your ego convince you that you know everything. Now, this is extremely important because a lot of people have this entitled mentality that they know everything. And when somebody is trying to tell them something that they don't know, they're not willing to accept that like they're, te- they're, they're teaching me something. Why are, they're, why are they teaching me something? I already know everything. You know, I, I, I'm 20 years old. I've already lived an entire life. I, this, is, this was my mindset. Personally, this is how I used to be. If somebody tried to educate me on something, especially if if it's somebody young, right? Because if it's somebody young and you're in this mindset that I was, it's almost like uh, you you look at it as like a threat or as if they're trying to use it as a form of like intimidation, like I'm better than you. Instead, look at it as a as an opportunity to to continue to learn, right? You you cannot let your ego get you in the way of trying to learn new things. That's why I say be curious. Always try and learn, right? Always try and learn new things and 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 don't let that ego stop you and make you feel like you're the smartest fucking person on the face of the earth, right? Because you're not, right? And no and and really like there's nobody there's no the there's no one smartest person in the world. Even the smartest people in the world will probably will probably tell you that they're always still trying to learn new things, right? There's there's never like a finish line in terms of like I read X, Y, and Z book. I know everything, right? No, it doesn't work like that. Through experiences, through meeting new people, and obviously reading and and and, and doing all kinds of things like that, you're always gonna be able to learn new things, which will then open more doors and opportunities for you in life. But if you just tell yourself like I know everything, I'm better than everybody, uh, you know, nobody can ever tell me otherwise. I know this is how I feel. You're never ever going to not only learn new things, but you'll probably stop yourself from you know, meeting new people that will present opportunities for you to potentially be successful. So 
that is, uh, that's very important. And like I said, I used to do this all the time. You know, if I talked about something and I was wrong, even though I knew that I was wrong, I was too self-conscious and too headstrong to be able to recognize like, like if somebody corrected me, I, I, I would be too headstrong and too, you know, full of myself to be able to admit like, oh, okay, I was wrong. So what's the correct answer? Okay, okay, cool, awesome. Then I learned otherwise, and now I'm a smarter person, a more knowledgeable person because of it, right? Um, so that is it for that. And now we have topic number eight. Comfortability is dangerous. Now, what do I mean by comfort, comfortability, okay? I used to be very comfortable. I was comfortable with doing the same thing every weekend. I was comfortable with, you know, never trying to improve my life. I was comfortable with just looking forward to the weekend to come so I don't have to work and I don't have school and I get to sit around and play video games. I was comfortable with that. I was I was at peace with that is going to be my life for the immediate future. I was never trying to make any changes, you know, take action. And I was always just looking forward to just like, like I said, either playing video games on the weekend or just partying and hanging out with friends and blowing the little money that I had, right? That was my mindset. And there's a lot of people that are like that. And there's probably some people right now that are listening to this that are probably in that uh, state of mind, right? So, oh, just excuse me one second, guys. Okay, we are back. Sorry about that. The camera had a little bit of technical difficulties, but uh, let's just continue on here. Now, like I was saying, there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this that uh, are currently going through that right now. And I see a lot of people my age, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them because, like I said, I was in that position. I see a lot of people where their life right now consists of, you know, I'm just looking forward to Friday and Saturday when I could just party. And that's my life. Being in my buddy's basement, just drinking beers all weekend and, and you know, uh, feeling depressed and, 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 uh, and just hung over the next day. That, that is a lot of people's lives that I see right now. Their, their lives and their only uh, things that they're excited for are just, you know, partying and, and, and going out drinking on the weekend, right? They're, I feel like they're not trying to make any change with their life. They're not trying to further themselves and develop new skills and learn new things. However, I want to say with all this, it's okay to still go to some parties. It's okay to still hang out with some friends, right? But as, as long as like that's not your life and that's not the only sort of thing that you have to look forward to every week, if, if you're still trying to make changes every single day and every single week to improve your life and, and to to uh, to try and reach success and heights that you you have uh, imagined, then it's okay to still hang out and go party with your friends and go out for a dinner or whatever. Because at the you know at the back of your mind, like you are trying to make change in your life and this in like just doing your normal whatever from Monday to Friday and not trying to make any change and then just going out with your buddies and getting shit faced like that's not going to do anything for you. And I was kind of one of those people. So that's something that I learned. And that just ties into comfortability. A lot of people are comfortable living like that. A lot of people have come to peace with themselves saying like, you know, this is my life, whatever. I, and I, I, I'm just going to, 
you know, I'm just going to enjoy it and I'm just going to, you know, not really try and tap into my potential and try and make change. And I'm just going to, you know, every weekend I'm just going to spend my 40 bucks or whatever and just get completely fucked up and shit faced with the, with the boys and, and, or, or with the girls and, and just, that's it. You know what I mean? And that is so, that's so sad to see because everybody has potential to be great. I truly believe that, right? I, I don't care what your circumstances, I don't care if like, you know, your, your family is holding you back. Like everybody has, not to sound corny, but everybody has greatness, deep potential in them. And I feel like a lot of people just aren't willing to tap into that. And it's sad to see sometimes. Alrighty. So up next, we got be in the present. Now this is very important. And so let me just give you a little bit of history on myself when it relates to being in the present. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very deep thinker, right? I think one of the biggest problems I have, and I still struggle with this to this day, and a lot of people can probably relate, is like going to sleep is one of the most, no, sorry, <laughs> be a little bit exaggerative here, but it, it, it it's very difficult sometimes because I find myself just thinking in my mind just eventually just takes control and I just start like, I just go off in, on like a spiral in my mind. And what I mean by that is like, I just lie in bed and I'm just thinking about like life and, and, and asking myself these deep questions. And it's important to do that as I've been talking about, but like doing that at, when you're trying to go to sleep is detrimental because it's just going to keep you up all night. So that is something I struggle with. I am trying to take little steps uh, to better that. Um, sometimes I'll, you know, I have like a melatonin sometimes to put me to sleep. Uh, and, and, and I think part of that also is, is also, also has to do with some anxiety. I personally do struggle, uh, with some anxiety here and there. I get, you know, I get anxious about some things, but, um, I, I, I am trying to take steps to, uh, to, uh, to, excuse me, to better that. And that comes with sleep schedule. And the past year I've had a pretty fucked up sleep schedule to say the least. Um, you know, I'll, I'll work on my stuff. I'll, I'll, you know, work on school and I'll literally be up to like 4am and then I won't wake up or go to bed at 4am and then I won't wake up till like two in the afternoon. And then what's wrong with that is obviously like those aren't great hours of sleep. Actually, sometimes I won't even wake up at two. I'll sometimes wake up at like nine and that's like a, what? That's like a five hour sleep. That's not enough for me. Ideally, I think I probably need about I'd say eight to nine hours to fully feel like healthy and good. Like when I wake up, um, and what's wrong with those, with, with, with that sleep schedule that I used to have was like, I was waking up. So either, either I was waking up early, but I'd only gone to bed four hours ago, or I was waking up super late and mathematically I was getting like my seven hours, but then the day was already like halfway gone. And then if I wanted to do anything, like it just, I I wasn't motivated because like I could already, you know, almost see like the sun going down and I see everybody out and about, you know, doing the things and like, I'm just starting my day at that point. So like from a mental standpoint, it just, it, it just kind of brings you and wears you down a little bit. Whereas like now I've been trying to go to bed a lot earlier and like wake up around like, you know, six to 7am. And what that's done for me is it gives me that whole morning to grind and to really work on things like the podcast and other things I have going on in the background in school as well. And when I'm, you know, when it's all said and done, it's like, you know, it's like one o'clock. It's like, or it's like noon, you know what I mean? So then I have that whole day to really do whatever I want. 
right? If I, if I want to go to the gym or if I want to play basketball or whatever, I have that whole day to myself. Now I'm always, you know, I'm always checking emails and I'm always, you know, trying to, I'm always trying to improve and, and do other things for my different professions and stuff. But when you wake up early and you go to bed at a reasonable time, like probably like nine or 10 PM, you're going to be healthier. You're going to feel healthier. You're going to actually feel happy and you're going to give yourself more time in the day to, to be able to, to do things. Right. So that is something, uh, very important to me. And also food and diet has a lot to do with that. My diet has been horrendous. When the pandemic first started, I was going to, uh, my, my buddy's house pretty much every day. Cause obviously everything was closed down. My job was shut down as you know, many others were, I assume as well. And my diet was literally just fast food every night. Just like, you know, oversaturated food with just salt and sugar and, and, and it was not good. And it did reflect on obviously my physical health, but also my mental health, right? You just don't feel good when you eat all that fucking garbage. And I was pretty much only eating things like, you know, uh, Popeye's and, and, you know, McDonald's and thing, things like that. So that's pretty much all I was eating, uh, was just that really shitty, unhealthy food. And, uh, after a while, I finally like woke the fuck up and I realized like, okay, what the fuck am I doing? This is self-destructive behavior. I'm just eating the shitty food and blowing all my fucking money away. Uh, and that just wasn't good for me. And then I, I decided to take action, take initiative and make some change with that. So now getting back to being in the present, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent here. It's good to look, it's good to look forward in the future, but if you do that too much, you almost find yourself living not only in your head, but almost living in the future. I, I know that probably doesn't make sense. You're not literally living in the future, but like you're you're thinking about it so much that you were forgetting about what's present in the task at hand right now, right? It's taking away from what you were trying to accomplish right now. So that way, if you, if you don't accomplish what you're, what the task is at hand at the, at the present moment, you're not going to be able to get to that future goal that you keep dreaming and thinking about. So like I said, it's good to think about the future. It's good to try and plan ahead. Just be mindful because you can't let that lose sight and, uh, and, and let that take focus away from what you're trying to accomplish right now. So that is very, very important because you can also overwhelm yourself, right? You can, it, it, you can also overwhelm and discourage yourself if you're just thinking about, you know, what's to come. Like, and, and like I said, do by doing that, you're going to develop so much anxiety thinking about the future that you're not even going to want to start in the present because you're just, you've, you've already discouraged yourself so much by thinking of how hard this goal is that you're trying to accomplish that. Like why even start at that point? Right. So that's very important. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, your attention needs to be focused on whatever it is that you're doing today, whatever the task is at hand, you need to be able to maximize that time and that energy that you have currently in the present and use that to whatever it is that you're trying to do right now. So we are almost done here. This is going to be a lot more of a shorter episode compared to the two others. The two others were about an hour or so. Uh, this one is going to be significantly shorter. Uh, however, to conclude, because we are almost done here, I did mention on my social media that if you guys wanted to send in some questions, feel free. Um, and I will answer them in this video. Uh, we, I didn't have time, 
because uh, I do have, I do actually have to do some things, but I don't have time to get to many, but I'm going to get to two in particular right here. So uh, we have, I'm not going to say his name. He's going to remain anonymous. He, he asked me my biggest fashion influences. So I got a list of them here. Uh, for Like I said, for those of you who are new listeners and viewers, if you're watching and you see that I have a uh, uh, paper here. It's not a script. It's just sort of an outline of the topics that I'm going to be talking about just to keep me organized. So, you know, I could limit going on, you know, just tangents, which I still do every now and then, you know, at the end of the day, it's a podcast. It's long form content shit like that's going to happen. Uh, but, um, back to the question, he asked me my biggest fashion influences. So I got quite a few and it obviously, I'm sure for those of you who do listen, you know that I'm a big cinema fan and my main thing that I'm trying to pursue in life is I want to be an actor and I want to work in the film industry. Uh, So you're going to see a trend here. A lot of these fashion influences are from films. So let's start off with number one. I got Robert Pattinson and John David Washington's characters, Neil and the protagonist from Tenet. I loved the way they dressed in that film. That has had a lot of influence on my style and, and uh, you know, the kind of attire that I wear, if you will. Uh, I love the way they dress in that movie. I don't even know. They should have won, like, an award or something. The the outfits that, that they have, the uh, the the actors wearing the film, uh, was just incredible. They had all kind of different ranges and stuff like that. So, big fan of that movie and big fan of the clothing. Next, I got Ryan Gosling's character from Drive. Uh, like I said... Loved his, uh, if anybody's seen Drive with Ryan Gosling, it's a great film. It's about this guy who, very soft-spoken, uh, stoic sort of character. He is a stunt driver, and he also works at auto shop, and uh, he's kind of caught in between this uh, sort of deal that his boss of the auto shop, Brian Cranston's uh, character, has kind of is kind of caught in, and, and, and Brian Cranston has sort of shoehorned Ryan Gosling's character into the mix of this mob business, and it's a really good action movie. I I highly suggest you guys to watch it. I feel like it's criminally underrated. I feel like not enough people talk about Drive. Uh, so, yeah, Ryan Gosling's character from Drive, I love the things, the kind of clothes he was wearing in the film. Uh, so that has uh, some influence on my style. Then we got, this is a I mean, I'm sure this is a lot of people's uh, fashion inspiration is Russell Westbrook. Russ, for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure many of you do, Russell Westbrook is an NBA player. He currently plays for the Lakers, and he is probably he probably has the best fashion in the entire NBA. And I know that may be a bold statement, but I'm sticking by. I think that there's a lot of guys in the NBA that dress very well, and I have a lot of respect for their uh, for their fashion choices. But I feel like Russ is constantly trying new things to pave. Uh, to to trailblaze different fashion ideas that a lot of people will take influence from, as myself, as I have done, and I feel like he's constantly setting new trends. That that's the biggest thing when it comes to fashion. I feel like is trying to set a new trend. Is trying to instead of trying to you know copy and paste what people have done and just like he, I really like that you know um, Florence pattern shirt that that guy has. I'm gonna go buy that exact shirt from that exact website. Instead of doing that, I feel like try and wear something different and try and wear something unique and then people can take inspiration from you. Um, so we got Russell Westbrook and arguably, I think these last two fashion inspiration choices are probably the two biggest for me. I got Leonardo DiCaprio from 
uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I love his fashion. I also love, I think the movie's set in like the 60s. I love like my three favorite decades, like for, okay, sorry, not to go off too much uh, off topic here, but if I could pick three decades that I could go back to and live in, it would probably be the 20s, or sorry, no, the 30s. The, uh, the 60s, by the way, if you're watching this, my my cat decided to show up. Fun fact about my cat, his name is actually Kitty, which is funny. So, just thought I'd throw that in, kind of random. <laughs> He's going to hang out with me here. But anyway, so, the, um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, sorry. The decades that I would want to time travel to, if it was possible, uh, would be the 30s, the 60s, and the 80s. But I love the style specifically in the 60s and 80s. Now, it was di- it was like a little bit different, obviously, but I think it definitely had a lot of um, similarities. So I was a huge fan of that film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and how it kind of used that aesthetic of the 60s with all, you know, from everything from the clothing and, and the, the street lights and, and all kinds of things. I'm pretty sure they actually literally use like all of, not all of, but like a lot of downtown LA, they like recreated it with all the different signs and things that you'd see from that time period. But specifically Leonardo DiCaprio, I love the way he dressed. I love the opening scene of the film when him and uh, Brad Pitt and they walk Cliff Booth was his character, was Brad Pitt's character's name. And Rick Dalton was Leonardo DiCaprio's character's name. And they walk into the bar to go see Al Pacino. And like Leo's got that like brown leather jacket uh, I, I love the style that he has in the movie. I think it's really, I think it's really great and I've taken inspiration from it. So last, but certainly not least, we have Robert De Niro's character from Casino. I was a huge fan of Casino. If anybody's seen Casino, it's one of the many, you know, legendary Martin Scorsese films. Uh, I was a huge fan of Casino and more specifically, I love the clothing that Robert De Niro's character, uh, was trying all, all the different suits and stuff like that. I personally love that. And if I could ever afford them, uh, I definitely would take inspiration from him when I, when, when I inevitably do eventually buy, you know, suits for whatever occasion, but I love Robert De Niro's, uh, uh, outfits that he has in the movie. So that is my fashion inspirations. I'm sure I could probably think of more, but you know, going through this list off the top of my head, those are those are the ones that personally came to my mind a lot. Uh, next, we have a friend of mine, James Cordier. He asked two questions. One of them is, is a two-part question. Uh, this is going to be about basketball, a little bit different from what we've been talking about this episode, but fuck it. Let's go. So, my good friend, James Cordier, who I went to high school with, uh, shout out to him. I think he's also pursuing film. Uh, very talented guy, uh, extreme hard worker, and uh, yeah, man, if you're listening to this, Keep, keep on doing what you're doing, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see what you got in store. But anyways, he asked me favorite era of basketball. And on top of that, favorite player from each era. And then he, in brackets, he put 70s, 80s, uh, and so on. So, how's it going, kitty? Um, all right. So, let me see here. I have a list. Favorite era of basketball. Okay, yeah, so to answer the first part of his question, my favorite era of basketball uh, would be the 2010s more specifically because I was born in 2000, so I kind of grew up in the 2010s. 
obviously, like, I didn't grow up in the 80s and the 90s. I wouldn't look this young. Uh, so that is my favorite era of basketball was the uh, 2010s, the most recent uh, era in a decade of basketball. So in the 70s, I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to kick this off. Uh, now, for, for a lot of these, for each player I'm going to name from each era, from each decade, the 80s, the 90s, the two, early 2000s, the 2010s, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go through their entire like accolades, like, you know, how many all-star appearances they had and so on. I'm just going to go through like the main sort of, you know, accolades that most people will probably know. Um, so anyways. In the 70s, I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. A lot of people could say he, you could even maybe throw him in the 80s as well. But personally, I feel like he, uh, actually, it's not even like I feel he did accomplish the most of his career uh, in terms of like MVPs and so on in the 70s. So in the 70s, he uh, he got five regular season MVPs and then obviously he won a championship with Oscar Robinson uh, who before Russell Westbrook was the king of triple doubles and he won a championship with him uh, which was Milwaukee's last championship before the most recent one with uh, Giannis he won it he won his uh, first championship with Milwaukee and he won a finals MVP so in the 80s I got magic five-time champ three-time finals MVP and uh, two regular season MVPs uh Everybody knows Magic Johnson, one of the most beloved players in Laker Laker history and in the entire league. Uh, in the 90s, I'd be, I, I, I'd be committing a crime if I didn't say MJ. Uh, so obviously everybody knows Michael Jordan, six rings, six finals MVPs, four regular season MVPs. His fifth one was in the 80s. So we got MJ. Then in the early 2000s, this one was tough. This one was tough. Because, for I'm just gonna say it was Shaq. Shaq is my is my player of the of the 2000s. A lot of people are gonna disagree, but that's just how I feel. A lot, I know a lot of people are gonna say Kobe. A lot of people are probably gonna say Tim Duncan. But personally, I'm gonna go with Shaq. Just he, he was just so fucking dominant. Nobody could stop him. Right, like nobody could stop him. Uh, Shaq had uh, uh, four time champ, three with the Lakers, one with Miami. Uh, the three championships he won with him and Kobe, the which was the last ever three P, he won all three Finals MVPs, and then through that decade he run, he won a regular season MVP, and then in the uh, 2010s, I got LeBron. Now, for those of you who don't know, a lot of my personal close friends who uh, who will be listening to this obviously know this. LeBron is my favorite player of all time. I grew up watching him, and I'm sure he's many of your favorite players. Uh, as well, and just to round out his uh, resume here in the 2010s, he's a three-time champ, three-time Finals MVP, four-time uh, league MVP, and then obviously you know the All NBA and All Star and so on. So those are my favorite players of each decade. Thank you, James Cordier, for submitting that question. Now we got one more from James. We got the Raptors' ceiling with this with this current roster. Okay, so, so the Raptors ceiling. Now, obviously, they lost Kyle Lowry. They lost him to um, where did he go? Miami uh, via free agency. They lost him to Miami, or no? It was a sign and trade, and then the Raptors got Goran Dragic from Miami. So not bad, but obviously, you know, I think anybody would pick you know Kyle over uh, Goran Dragic. At least I would personally. 
I think their ceiling is if they don't make any changes and they don't they don't try and shop the trading block this you know this this season, which I'm sure they will. It's you know every every team in their position is going to try and get better, obviously. But if they decide to make no changes at all, honestly, I think their ceiling is probably play in tournament, maybe playoffs. It kind of like I said, it depends if they make that play in tournament. How can they shape up? with, you know, whatever team is going to be in there. And I think a team that will, if they do make the plan, I think a team that you'll likely see them go against is a team like Charlotte. Uh, but we'll have to see. Um, however, they can make some changes. I still feel like they didn't really improve their front court. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big problem because we saw last season they were one of the worst rebounding teams in the, in the entire NBA. So they're going to definitely have to try and make some more changes there, get a nice big... Uh, I was... I heard rumors they were maybe going to get Andre Drummond, but then that obviously didn't uh, fall through. What a weird place he went to. He went to Philly, right? How is that going to work? That's just going to be another Al Horford situation. With And what I mean by that is, like, you obviously have Joel Embiid, who is the center, right? I, I mean, okay, at least with Al Horford, you can play him as a stretch four because he can space the floor and shoot. But anybody that knows Andre Drummond, they know that the guy can't shoot for shit. No offense to him, but... He's just he's just a traditional glass cleaner, and I'm not shitting on that at all. If you watch my last episode, all about the NBA, I said I said a lot of these uh, guys in the NBA are, uh, are are just too focused on you know shooting threes and whatnot. Excuse me, real quick. I do apologize about that. Um, but anyways, back to the Raptors. Uh, I think, like I said, I think their ceiling is probably. Right now, at the very least, I'm going to say the play-in tournament. I don't know, because a lot of teams that were in that sort of play-in tournament area with them last year, like Chicago, I know Chicago didn't make it, but they, I think they fell like one seed short of that 10th. I think they were the 11th seed, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of those teams, like Chicago and like Indiana, they got better. Like, obviously, Indiana, they got they got Karis LeVert now fully healthy, and they got Rick Carlisle as their head coach. Then, obviously, Chicago had... Arguably the most successful offseason. They got uh, DeMar DeRozan. Then they got... Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Lonzo. They got Lonzo Ball. So they had a very successful offseason. And I definitely think they will make the playoffs. So it's going to be tough. We're going to have to see. But right now, I'm going to say play in tournament. If they don't make any changes, no trades, no you know bio market signings, anything like that, I'm going to have to go with play in tournament. All right, guys. Well... It was a little bit of a shorter episode than normal. However, still, you know, pretty decently long. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up episode three of Unbashful. And this episode will be on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to end it there. And thank you all for listening and watching. And I will see you on episode four.